never knew my earthly father or mother, was adopted when I was about three days old. Had a father and mother that adopted me and raised me and loved me and cared for me. But I never have had, never known I've had an earthly father to look at. But that song, what it says is this. I had a father, and I have a father. And he's an Abba daddy that's in heaven. And he loves me, and he's there for me, and he'll never leave me. He cares for me, and, you know, unlike my earthly father that cared what kind of grades I made in school, I'm not so sure God was all that concerned. Uh, hope he wasn't. Um, but I know this, and some of you can feel real alone out there uh, in this journey that we've been talking about on this mountain. And Speaking of mountain, Pastor Walker talking about being on that summit. Well, he gets to come down off the mountaintop and come back here next Sunday. He and Shirley wanna, are, are looking forward to getting back. They send their love, and he'll be coming back. But many of you have walked this with us these last three weeks, and this being the fourth, to looking at what mountain is in your life. And using mountain as an example, it's a picture of, but what kind of things are you facing? What problems are you facing? That your Abba Father in heaven is saying, I'm here for you, I haven't left you, and I am your answer if you'll listen. And even though we can say, well, it's not that big a deal, or maybe it's so big, you're not even sure God can handle it. You need to know this, that there's nothing too small, and there's certainly nothing too great for your good, good father. If you don't remember anything else I've said, and that's fine, but if you'll just remember this truth from God's Word, that your Father loves you, your Abba Father in heaven loves you. He loves you where you are. He loves who you are. He gave a son to die just for you. And it wasn't a son to die just in general for a group. No, he died for you as an individual. And sometimes we can forget about that. Sometimes we can have this kind of thing, well, no, he was paying for everybody's sin. No, he was paying for your sin. And he was paying for my sin. And we need to remember that. That can be one of those places where we go back to and we can know that we can trust what God says in his word. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I want to read this verse to you out of 1 Corinthians 15, 56. This is out of a version of the Bible called the Amplified Version. And what they do is they add some quotes, or not parentheses in their brackets, to kind of explain the meaning of what's going on. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says this, Now sin is the sting of death, and sin exercises its power upon the soul, 
through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, in other words, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we are conquerors because of Jesus Christ. We have our sin, which we were born into, and I'm going to keep saying this. We're born with it. We don't have to teach telling a lie. We have to teach the kids to tell the truth. But because of Jesus and because of your Abba Father's love for you, that sin was paid for when he went to the cross, and it was paid in full. And there's nothing you can do except accept him, confess your sin, accept him as Savior and Lord, receive him into your heart to know your destination when you breathe your last breath. And when you leave this place, and this isn't a real popular word and popular thing to even say in churches nowadays, um, you're going one of two places. You're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. And Jesus is the difference maker in those two destinations. So if you don't like that, I don't care. <laughs> I'm smiling when I say that but I do care where your soul's going. But even more than that, your Abba Father, your God in heaven cares where you're going to spend eternity. Otherwise, why would he send a son to die for you? So we can go and we can maybe face some of these mountains, some of these problems we've got to do, and you're sitting out there saying, Jack, it didn't do a bit of good. That problem is still there, ain't budged an iota. And if you don't know what an iota is, that's just a little bit. It's still there, or he's still there, or she's still there, or they're still there, or whatever is there. But that doesn't mean it's going to always be that way. Because you see, God's not surprised at where you are. God's not surprised at the situation. Sometimes we think that God was taken by surprise. He's not taken by surprise. God's the God of ever. He always has been, always will be. He is infinite, having no beginning and no end. So you honestly think your situation is a surprise to him? Not a bit. But more importantly, he hadn't left you alone with your problem or problems, whatever whether that be in a relationship, maybe it's a medical condition. I get that. Maybe it's a family condition. I get that. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a job. But your good, good father has not left you alone by your bad, bad self. He is with you. He has sent his spirit to be with you. Now, this scripture I'm going to read is a scripture that is not necessarily one that at the heat of the moment, and when you know what I mean by that. When it's the heat of the moment, and it looks like IRS is coming, insurance isn't paying the bill, whatever, car isn't going, and I got to get to a job that I don't like in the first. Sometimes things don't seem like they really, really are all that good. And then we go to this scripture. 
And remember we talked earlier, we said his word is truth. And his word we want to have internalized. In other words, we need to have that in us so that by his spirit, not necessarily by our thinking, but by his spirit, it'll come to us in our memory, in our remembrance. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. In other words, everything's happening for your own good. Doesn't feel that way. Doesn't matter. His word says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So this Abba Daddy I'm talking about up there, when everything out here doesn't look like it's going the way I particularly like it, doesn't mean he doesn't have something good on the other side of it. Because sometimes we have to go through the valley to get to the other side of where the blessing is. Verse 30, continuing, And having chosen them, he called them to come to them, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's our standing with our Abba Father. It is through Christ Jesus. It's not through how good you are. It's not how much whatever you learn. It's not nothing you can do except go through the cross to get salvation and have standing, right standing, and eternal life. Romans 8.31 says this, and this will make you feel good. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Plenty of folks. That's how it can feel. I mean, come on. Don't sit out there and act like you don't feel like sometimes. The whole world can be against you on occasion. Now, if you haven't felt that way, bless God, you ought to be singing at the top of your lungs when we sing this song at the end of the service. But for most of us, there's going to seem like everybody's against us. Well, here's the truth. It may seem that way, but mm -mm. your Abba Father isn't. Your Abba Father isn't, even, isn't mad at you. He knows what you did last night, and he's not mad at you. He loves you, and he sent his son to die for you. So even though you may feel alone, you are not alone. One thing, number one, is you know you have a God in heaven. Number two, there's the Spirit. I've talked about this for the last three weeks. The Holy Spirit, the one called the Helper that is with you. So you're never alone. You may think you're alone and just you and your shadow, but you're not. He is with you. Remember the promise? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 32 says this in Romans 8, 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Verse 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. And that's through Jesus. Who will then condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, for you, for me, and was raised to life for us so that we can have eternal life. And he is sitting in the place of the honor at the God's right hand pleading for us. 
Can anything, verse 35, can anything ever separate us from God's love? No, no matter what you did last night. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? In other words, there can be a whole long list of stuff that can be really, really difficult. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love us. And that doesn't mean he doesn't care for us. 836 says this, as the Scriptures say, For your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37 says, no, despite of all this stuff going on in your life right now, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And verse 38, I've said this over and over. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. You're not alone. You may think you are, but you're not. Verse 38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today, we've talked about fear, procrastination that can lead to fear, nor our worries about tomorrow. You can't do anything about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, his demonstration of his love is Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. That is his demonstration of love. Him giving you all the stuff you think you deserve and want is not the demonstration of God's love. The demonstration of God's love is he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believeth in him may have eternal life. That's why when we read that part where it talks about Jesus being at the right hand of God pleading for us, why do you think we pray in Jesus the Christ of Nazareth's name? And some of you say, why do you pray that way? Why do you? They don't call me pastor, they call me Jerry. Why do you pray that way? Why do you pray in Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth? Because that's his name. There is only one Christ. There is only one Savior. There is only one Redeemer. And that is the example of God's love. So when you're walking around pouting and having your own professional pity party because it didn't go in the way you wanted to, God doesn't love me. You, can't say, you can say that, but it isn't true. He sent a son for you. His name is Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. Well, here's the problem. It didn't turn out the way I wanted. I love this. It's going to make you feel good too. James 4, 4 through 6 in the message. You're cheating on God if all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. Remember what I said? Christianity is not a part-time job. Christianity is not part-time. It's full-time. This God that is with you says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means it's, it's all the time. Verse 4, going on on this, out of the message, says, And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work his will in you. 
yell aloud, nope, to the devil, and watch him scamper. Say quiet, yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get up on your feet. So you say, okay, I think I've done that, and I'm still feeling like I'm, it ain't working. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, the, I haven't seen what I wanted to see. I haven't seen what I believe that I'm supposed to see or what is supposed to happen. It hadn't, that circumstance hadn't changed. I'm going to say it again. Your circumstances do not determine your Christianity. In other words, you don't have to have a million dollars and walk around and have the best clothes and live in the fanciest house as proof that God loves you. There's only proof God loves you is that he gave his son for you. All this other stuff's going to burn, every bit of it. You're not taking any of it with you, but he loves you, and he gave his son for you. But we can get, I call it plum tuckered out doing it, and I get that. You can get worn out. You can get exhausted. You remember Pastor Walker had a message on deep rest for a deep tire. And that's really what he's saying to you coming through these things, that, you know, all of this stuff that's going on, God's got it covered. You may not see it, but God's got it covered. So you can look and you can wait. And Scripture in the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Pastor Walker goes to Montana, goes up on the mountains and looks at that. He sees God everywhere he looks. He sees his creation. But God is bigger than that. But sometimes God wants you to pull back, take a deep breath, and just believe him for what he says. Pastor Rick, the first week, sang this song that he wrote, composed, did the whole bit, called Deep Rest. For all of you, but for those of you especially that are just saying, I'm just tired. I don't think I can go on. I just, I'm worn out. I want you to listen to these words, and I've got some video that go with them. But more importantly is listen to the words of this song and hear this. Though you cannot see it, God is here. God is with you. God will be at your destination. Watch this video and listen to these words. Sure. 
loving you and he wants you to trust his word you see his word is truth his word is power you can wear yourself out trying to make something happen anybody ever do that you can you can spend a whole lot of energy and 
the Bible has that scripture that talks about be still and know that I'm God in there for a reason. Because to trust God means to know, as that scripture said earlier, that he makes all things work together for good. And when we say, Father, we want thy will to be done, we, we need to mean that. You see, sometimes we can look at that and we can say, well, it just doesn't seem to change. I'm tired of trying, I'm waiting, and nothing seems to change whatsoever. You see, that should not be your measuring stick for how well God's performed. Amen? Because God is who God is. He's God alone. And he's been God. He's just, that's it. He's God. And there is no other God. We talked about the fact he sent his son. Well, he sent his son to die for you and for me. But Scripture talks about, and I've read this once before, but I want to read it again. Sometimes we're not the best listeners on earth, and we need to be. I know I do. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. In other words, if you're sitting here right now saying, I don't believe it'll ever happen. You need to stop that and just say, God, I'm believing you. Remember we said faith is not about faith. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in God. And if you have asked Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, to come into your, here's the thing. You confess your sin. If you haven't done this, this could be the, def, the, the difference between heaven and hell. And it's knowing that you are a sinner. We are sinners. We're born that way. And that we confess that we're sin and confess that sin to our Abba Father and accept his son that he gave, gave for us on the cross and to accept him as Savior and Lord And to receive forgiveness, which is called salvation, then nothing and no one is going to take you back away from God. He has you in his holy grip. It is not about you having your grip on him. Because God will never let go. God doesn't get tired. God's God and God's God alone. So don't work yourself to death trying to hold on to God. He's already got you. Receive what he wants to give to you and is already an example to you when he gave you Jesus. Why can't it be different? I don't like this. You ever say that? I got up this morning and said that. And I've told you, I get up every morning and I take pills and get sick. And I don't like it. And I say that right there. Why can't it be different? I don't like this. You know, it's really okay to say that. God's okay. God can handle that. Because you're in good company. For those of you that don't know, I encourage you to look up the prayer that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane before he went to the cross. 
And I want you to go to one particular section where Jesus is praying this. Father, if there's any other way for this to happen, would you please do it? But nevertheless, thy will be done. Jesus, the perfect one, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, the one that knew every bit of how bad those nails were going to hurt and those spears were going to hurt and how horrible his death, how humiliating a death it was going to be. It was okay for Jesus to say, can it be different, Father? But if it is going to be this way, I want it to be your will, and I want to follow you. So when you say that, when you worry about saying, I, I, I shouldn't wait, I, no, here's the thing. God's okay with that. But when God reveals his will to you, then you know what? We need to just obey and trust what he said and know that he's going to take care of us. Mark 8, 31 says this. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. That would be the religious people. That would be the rabbis. That would be the ones who tell everybody they got to do these 9,463,000 laws that you got to do to even have a chance of making it. No. He was rejected. He was rejected by the religion. Mark 8, 31, continuing, he would be killed, but three days later, bless God, he would rise from the dead. Now, as he talked about this openly with his disciples, now, these were his buddies. These were his running guys. Peter took him aside, and I, <laughs> I love this. Peter took him aside and began to reprimand it. Now, this is reprimanding Jesus for saying such a thing because he said, go get in trouble. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples First of all, he looked at his disciples, and I'm not, the disciples are probably going, I didn't what I think, Lord. Nope, that's not me. Wouldn't you? I'd duck and cover. He looked at Peter and reprimanded him, and he said, get away from me, Satan. Now, see, <laughs> Peter wasn't Satan, okay? But what he was saying might as well have been. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. We all do that, and why do we do that? Why do we see things that way? Because we're human. God knows that. He knows we're human. It's not a surprise. And he knows, Jesus says, you guys are seeing things from your circumstance and not from the Father's truth and not from what I have said. And my, I mean, I mentioned these disciple guys, they had seen Jesus do some pretty cool things. Verse 34, Mark 8, 34. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. You see, 
that taking up your cross, each one of us has one of those to bear, and it was one of those that is personally made, and we've got it, and here's the truth. We take that cross up, and we don't carry it in our own strength. Jesus sent the Holy what? Spirit to give us the helper to be able to do that, but we're to take it up, and I don't know what that is, but he does, and follow him. Follow him. You get your head down, listen for his what? Follow him. And it's more important to keep your eyes on his back than looking around and seeing where you are. I don't know if you've ever followed anybody out of a jungle where people could shoot at you. But there's a person called Point. And this Point guy walks in front of everybody else, and he's the first guy going to step on something or trip over something or get shot. But he's there to protect the ones behind, the ones that follow behind. Jesus goes before you into that job tomorrow, and by his Spirit, he is with you, and he is leading you, and he's standing between you and whatever's coming at you. That's what his Word says. You may walk into a relationship and say, you don't know how bad it is. I don't know how bad it is. He does, and he says, nothing's going to get you away from me. The circumstances don't determine my hold on you. And you can rest in that. The song, you can rest in that truth. Galatians 3.21, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If being good, really it says if the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. That's the Old Testament stuff of trying to keep all the rules. That's called religion. 22 says this, but the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom. How? By memorizing all the Bible? No. By giving a whole lot of money to the church? No. By being a good deed every day? No. By paying it forward in the restaurant? No. Freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And that's the way your Abba, your good, good Father, proves his love to you and has proved his love for you. 1 John 5, 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve it through victory, through our faith. Not our faith in faith, but our faith in God. Verse 5 says this, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. He is God alone. He is on his throne with Jesus at his side. There is a Holy Spirit, for those of you that know the Lord, there is a Holy Spirit that is with you and will be with you when you walk out these doors here in a few minutes. He will be with you when you go to that job or you go back to school. He's with you. I've read it over and over in several different ways. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm your Abba Father. But the only way to access that salvation, to access that, 
is by accepting his son Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come forward. And don't invite, just don't leave. You don't have to. Prayer partners, come forward here for a second. We're going to, we're going to sing a song. And, you know, there's some songs that are, that are we're, we're praising characteristics, we're praising worshiping just general. But there are some songs that are a declaration. And they're a declaration that we make about who he is. And I want you to sing this song with us. And it's a song about who God is, and there is no other God. There is only one. And then I want you to, as you sing this song, know that this God we're singing about has made the promise, I'll never leave you, and I'm going to never forsake you, and I'm a good, good father, and I'm God and God alone. Rick? You were not a God created by human hands. You were not a God
are here to pray with you. You may have a prayer need. You may have a praise report. We'll take either one, and we'll take you to the Father in heaven, where Jesus is at the right hand and who has sent his Spirit to strengthen us. You come forward, but know this. God is with you. He's never going to forsake you. And he'll never leave you. And he has sent a Savior for your soul. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, would your word, would your word stay with us? Would your truth of your scripture stay with us? As we go to deal with whatever we deal with this week and whatever we may deal with this afternoon, help us to know we're not alone, that you are with us. And we say thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.